0: Hello and welcome to the Skeleton Garden Podcast. My name's Marissa. And I'm Cassie. Let's dig up some scary
1: stories. We wanted to do, this will be a a short episode because we are just doing some scary stories. Um, These are supposedly true ghost stories. Um, I'm actually going to be reading them from a book. Uh, so the first one, it's a book that's written by Zachary Knowles and it's real police ghost stories, true tales of paranormal as told by cops and other law enforcement officials.
0: Ooh.
1: So yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of like,
0: that's really cool. I didn't realize that. Behind. Yeah. Those are stories from actual yeah. law enforcement people.
1: Yeah. It's a little bit, lends a little bit more credibility yeah, to it.
0: I like that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, this is our after hours ghost stories. So we've already done our full-length episode. Um, when this one's posted, you'll probably have already heard it. Uh, so these ones are just going to be our little ghost stories. So the first one is The Girl in the Water. Cool.
0: okay. <laughs> I don't love that.
1: Can you already tell where it's going? <laughs> A little bit of foreshadowing?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. Again.
1: <laughs> All right, let's see. It was a freezing cold November night in New Hampshire, out in the countryside, where the houses thin out amongst the lakes and forests. The darkness and cold there aren't like that in the cities. It is a lethal, impenetrable barrier to anyone unprepared to face the conditions, and many have perished when they underestimated its power. The police received a call about a little girl who'd been seen wandering around on her own near one of the lakes. This was a serious problem considering the weather was dangerously cold and a child near the water could fall in and drown without anyone finding her again. The lakes around these parts were deep and dark and once something sunk, there was a slim chance it would ever see the light of day again. Spooky.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Every available officer in the area responded out there. Two officers who had children of their own and wanted to ensure the girl was found were the first ones on the scene. They got to the lake after a long, dark drive. The weather had been threatening snow for a couple of days, and they were hoping it would hold off until they finished their search. When they arrived, they reported to dispatch and began looking for the girl. There weren't many houses around the lake, and it was pitch black, causing them to be leery as they picked their way through the undergrowth and marshy areas beside the lake. Eventually they got to a dirt beach with a little clearing where the wind moved and the water frequently moved the water frequently enough to stop anything taking root there. They searched the area checking any hollows or dark spots the girl could be hiding but found nothing. As they searched they discussed what a little girl could be doing out there in the middle of a winter's night. Could she have gotten lost, possibly separating from her family somehow on a walk? Probably not that late at night, yeah, but Yeah, that seems not realistic. Yeah. But. Uh, or maybe she was a runaway, though no one reported a missing child. Mm-hmm. They were finishing up their search of the beach when the lead officer's partner tapped him on the shoulder and pointed into the water. The officer looked, and there in the water was the little girl.
0: What was she doing?
1: <laughs> Later, when he was telling the story to other officers who arrived, he told them when he saw her, all the hairs on the back of his neck stood up. She was standing in about ankle deep water, and was wearing an old fashioned white nightgown. Why do they Night always always white Why why are they always wearing old fashioned clothing? Yep. Like why are they not in like <laughs> the times? <laughs> um, it is always a white gown. It, it is always a white one. It is. Although I'll tell you after the story. Okay. <laughs> Uh so like I said she was uh standing in ankle deep water and was wearing an old fashioned white nightgown that sat just above the surface of the water. The two officers turned to look at each other knowing something wasn't right about the situation. They ra- oh, <laughs> yeah, they radioed into dispatch stating they'd found the girl and then approached closer. She didn't respond to their movements, so the lead officer knelt down near the edge of the water and held out his arms to her like he would his own daughter. I'm a policeman. Come on out of the water, honey. It's not safe in there, he said, beckoning her to come to him. The girl turned to the officers, her eyes oddly vacant. Sounds like a black-eyed children. Yep. uh, And started to walk towards the officer. As she did so, another patrol car arrived near the scene, and the officers headed to the beach to see her walking towards the officer. She got just outside of the arm's reach of the officer and then just vanished.
0: I was going to say, she disappeared, didn't she?
1: What's interesting is other police officers have like shown up on the scene at this point. So like he's not the only person reporting. this. like his partner and like the other people that arrived there. Yeah. Um, And she just vanished from one moment to the next. All that remained was a series of small footprints in the mud near him. Four officers from different angles saw this happen. Not one of them can explain what happened. But two years later, there was a similar circumstance in which a little girl in a white nightgown was seen at the lake. She vanished as well, and she now legend there. is the little girl haunts the lake. What she wants or why she is there is unknown to all.
0: I bet she died there.
1: Probably. What sucks about this book, and it's great. I've read a lot of the stories in it, and they <laughs> what are sucks
0: good. about this book. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it is a great book, but what sucks about it is they don't, like, actually give you anything to look up the oh, okay. the trueness of the stories. Yeah. So, like, I really did try to cross-reference these mm-hmm. because I was curious. I mean...
0: It's hard. It, like, what do you Google? girl Like, it, it, ghost girl well, yeah, in the water? I'm sure there, there's a million stories.
1: Exactly. And there's no cities or anything. It literally just says oh, okay. New Hampshire countryside. Like, Okay. So, so like... You know, it is... No, I mean, it's still it's, a good story. I, yeah.
0: It's so spooky.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's good. And like I said, so this book advertises true ghost stories. Okay. So, yeah, I mean. Don't be yeah. lying to
0: us, book.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we were talking about, you said it's always a white nightgown. Yeah. So there is a story that I want to cover. Um, and you may have heard it. Cause I, I I think I've heard it covered on two other podcasts, but mm-hmm. that's it. But it's super notorious all over YouTube.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, have you heard of uh, Lake Shawnee? No. I bet you, if I showed you a picture of it, because like I said, it is super notorious. um, But they have a ghost there uh, that is of a little girl um, who died back in, I want to say it was like the 30s. Mm -hmm. Um, She's not wearing a white nightgown or dress, but she is wearing a pink ruffled dress. Pink? Pink.
0: I have never heard of an apparition wearing a color a color Mm -hmm. that's really well maybe
1: red Um, oh spooky right that is creepy oh i'm gonna have it was an
0: amusement park
1: yes it was an amusement park lake shawnee was an amusement park they also did a lot of other things yeah um it's it's a very interesting story i'll have to i'll have to do some research on it and do some deep digging and
0: abandoned places like that
1: it's, it's got some, like, hish yeah. like, dark history behind yeah. it, and I mean, like, the history beyond, behind this place is, like, 3,000 years old. Wow. Like, it goes back to, like, it's got ancient uh, Native American uh, really? burial grounds on it that they found with, like, over thousands, thousands of bodies. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, no
0: yeah. wonder it's. yeah
1: exactly yeah that's not even there's people that died at the amusement park which is what a lot of the prevalent ghosts are yeah that's what the little girl's from oh my gosh yeah her her story's really her story's really sad I'll yeah I'll have to do that one it's such a good story though when
0: was it running as an amusement park
1: from the 1930s to the 1960s oh
0: so not I mean, only 30 years, that doesn't seem And long. it wasn't
1: open that entire 30 years. Uh, yeah. I believe it was open for a larger stint, and then it shut down for a few years, and then um, somebody else bought the property. Okay. Somebody within the family, though, yeah. bought the property and then ended up bringing in... Um, some old rides to restore the amusement park pretty uh-huh. much. Um, and there's a lot of creepiness behind what ends up happening there too. So yeah. I'm, I'm not going to tell you because it's spoiler Ooh. alert, yeah. but it's, it's You'll good. You'll have to cover that. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. Maybe we'll do that one in the next uh, couple episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know we've got some before that point, but it's a good one to look forward yeah. to.
0: It's very interesting. Hey, you got a story, Marissa? Um, I need to find one first. So we are put you on pause for a second here. All right, you guys, I found one. It's called Wisconsin's Chicken Alley. I'm from Wisconsin, and I've never heard of this, so.
1: Well, what's funny is, like, I looked over to see what one you picked, mm-hmm. and I read it in my head, and I read Wisconsin's Chicken alley, uh, Ally. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Chicken Ally. <laughs> I, was like, I All stand right, with this this the chickens. <laughs> I'm <interesting>. an ally. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, Here we go.
1: Wait, what book is this from?
0: Oh. Weird Ghosts. (laughs) Okay. How fitting. It It explains why it's Chicken (laughs) Allies. (laughs) Compiled by Joanne Austin and presented by Mark Morin and Mark Schoorman. True tales of the eeriest legends and hair raising hauntings across America.
1: So, supposedly more true stories.
0: Yeah. We'll see. (laughs)
1: let's see if i believe it
0: okay so it says chicken alley is a short l-shaped road nestled in the quiet countryside just outside Shawnee. and Shawnee's pretty close to i was actually gonna ask you where where these are i i do know the name Shawnee, that i'm just gonna look at look up quick how far it is from the town i grew up in
1: what town did you grow up in marinette oh i did know that
0: about an hour and 13 minutes so from fun. where i grew up so next time you go home, i've definitely been go. to Shawnee. i will i'll go to chicken alley As you guys i'm going to chicken alley next time Chick- i go home go to chicken alley, alley. I keep chicken alley. alley. I cannot <laughs> i'll show those chickens <laughs> anyways uh though short this picturesque country road has been the scene of more than one of more than one bizarre occurrence okay so at least two witnesses <laughs>
1: like, but not more than just three. say several
0: like why do you have to say more than one more
1: than one but not more than three guys anyways here, i'm two. just
0: i'm just roasting this whoever wrote this witnesses traveling the route have reported spotting several chickens running down the road are you fucking serious i was not she didn't i'm read okay. i
1: i pre-chose my story she didn't get that opportunity Oh god
0: okay i'm sorry Witnesses traveling the route have reported spotting several chickens running down the road. But they aren't just any chickens. You can see right through them. Often these phantom chickens vanish into thin air. (laughs) Dude. Uh, If you find yourself driving through this area, you might consider exiting at the intersection of French Road and Chicken Alley. If you stand in the middle of the intersection, some say ghostly voices will yell for you to get out of the road these voices are often interrupted as a warning signal with ominous undertone overtones is
1: it people yelling or is it chickens yelling? i was just gonna say <laughs> 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 are the
0: chickens i, the ghosts I are was like ghosts the fully waiting for stand. it to say <laughs> yeah. they were gonna the ghostly voices were gonna yell at you to stop like bothering the chickens <laughs> uh, uh, however you may have difficulty finding this eerie intersection since many witnesses swear ...that the Chicken Alley street sign disappears or isn't there at all. Should you muster the courage to investigate, look for a large disfigured tree hunkered down by the side of the road... ...which reportedly can be seen only on full moon nights. Many prior witnesses are amazed to discover that this easily identifiable tree isn't visible on every trip. Before leaving Chicken Alley, be sure to check your car's rear view view mirror... Some residents have reported seeing mysterious disembodied lights zooming in on their vehicles at great speeds, only to instantly disappear. The lights take on several shapes, colors, and sizes, and I bet sometimes they turn into chickens, <laughs> and have approached from all directions. Can you spell yikes? <laughs> it, literally, I'm, it ends with that. <laughs> I have no words. So, check- handsome checklist. chickens. Checklist. Next time
1: you go, go to Chicken Alley, yeah. not Ally Alley. Oh um, make sure it's a full moon. Yep. I gotta look really for, plan this out. Look for a disfigured tree that mm-hmm. is sometimes there, sometimes yeah. not. Look for a sign that says Chicken Alley that is sometimes but, but also there, might and sometimes not be there.
0: <laughs> Dude, Chicken Alley, Hot Mess Express. You know what that kind of reminds me of? Um, not that I have any like ghost chicken
1: <laughs> stories, but, uh, I think every town has one of these stories, but yeah. there's a place in Tampa. Um, it's a hill and supposedly like you roll up the hill and they say, Oh it's my God.
0: P- yes. It's, um, it's near Orlando. Mm-hmm. I almost went there because I was like kind of in that area, but it ended up being like an hour away. And I was like, I don't really want to, be- I forget I did go. what it's called.
1: Spook Hill. Is that what... I can't remember. So, I moved here 14 years ago, and uh, we came down in January of 2009. Lake
0: Wales? Florida? It's
1: it's somewhat near Tampa, too, because we were looking at houses in Tampa at the time. Okay. Um, But we came down in January of 2009 Mm -hmm. with... Is me, my sister, and my parents. Um, and my sister and I were just trying to figure out something to do. Okay. And my sister had her license at the time, and my dad was handling paperwork with his job that he was getting. And mm-hmm. my mom was, like, trying to do, like, house stuff because, like I said, we were getting ready to move in a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to this place, and we went and we did it. We did roll. Yeah. Yeah, we, we rolled up. I don't know how to explain how we rolled yeah. up, but we did. Okay. But that's
0: kind of what that reminds me of. Yeah. I, there's it's What's funny I was not expecting that. It's in that. the
1: middle of, like, a residential neighborhood pretty much. Really? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there's a bunch of houses that are around it. I
0: would have imagined it being like By off of a road, like in the country. You got to take this turn, this turn, kind of like nope. this one where it's a bunch like, of okay, houses can, around it. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right, I've got one more story. And this one, is, I'm cutting that? cutting myself off from stories because <laughs> the one story I pick. It's about ghost chickens. (laughs) I'm done. This this is a good one to end
1: on. It's spook spook for sure. So it's called Asua, which is Finnish. Okay. All right. And interestingly enough, this uh, takes place in Oregon. Oh. So you were talking about covering a story in Portland. Mm-hmm. There's actually a lot of haunted places in or- that's Oregon. That's what
0: this guy was saying. So many.
1: Like, when I was doing a lot of research on, like, different places that we could cover, like, mm-hmm. Oregon comes up, like, a lot. Yeah. Like, there's literally an article that's, like, the 31 most haunted places in Oregon. And I'm like, 31 places in Oregon? Wow. Like, and there's got to be more than that. I've you know never I mean? been
0: there. I would love to go.
1: Oh, Aaron and I were just talking about that not too long ago, a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, and I was like, I would love to go to yeah. Oregon, Washington, any of those. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, back to the story. Again, it's called Asua. Okay. Back in the late 1980s, in a middle-sized town in Oregon, originally settled by Finnish immigrants, there was a well-known old man who lived in one of the Victorian-style townhomes common in the early 1900s. He had lived in that house since he was two years old. Many said he and the house had become one, in a way even starting to look like each other. What? <laughs> both graying and slowly wearing down with age born around 1915 the man had seen many things change in his town though not as a hermit he had a semi-active social life although he did carry a distinctly racist streak i am reading from a story guys (laughs) um despite his views on race he was relatively well liked around (laughs) relatively (laughs) well-liked around town. Unfortunately, the old man was diagnosed with terminal colon cancer and given six months to live. The news was a blow to the community. The man spent a good deal of time saying his goodbyes to people and generally making peace before his final day. Mm -hmm. The night it happened was cold and clear. Around 3 in the morning, the police received a call from a concerned neighbor explaining she hadn't seen the old man leave his house in a couple of days nor see a light on recently. Fearing the worst, two officers were dispatched to his house to check on him. When they arrived, multiple neighbors were awakened by the lights of the squad car and went out to see what was going on. Realizing what probably happened, many began to cry. The two officers entered the man's house through the front door after finding it unlocked and were immediately greeted by a massive elk head mounted in the entranceway of the house. Its creepy staring eyes made the officers feel like it was watching them. Passing it by and making their way upstairs, they went to the old man's room and found him lying on the floor beside his still-made bed. They checked for a pulse and confirmed he was dead. Saddened, they called into the station and asked for an ambulance to pick up the body to deliver to the coroner. At the time, the town only employed a couple of paramedics, thus only one paramedic paramedic was on the scene. The two officers were asked by the paramedic to help him carry the body downstairs to the ambulance. At that point, things started to become odd. When the three men began to make their way downstairs with the body, they began to struggle. It was then that the lead officer realized something was different. About the elk head they saw on their way into the house, no longer was the head sitting upright as when they originally entered the home, but was instead turned to the side. Underneath the head, something was written in a wet, wet red print: Asua.
0: Ew! I just got chills. Yeah, yeah.
1: the officer, his the officer, his hair standing on end, knew the word from the Finnish language. I, <laughs> I don't know how somebody just knows that yeah. word, but. Uh, From the Finnish language, his grandparents spoke. Asua means stay or remain. Still, the officer reached out and swiped a little of the red stuff off of the wall, sniffed it, and realized it was blood dripping from the elk head.
0: This man's just raw-dogging some (laughs) liquid on the wall. (laughs) At least he didn't lick it. You do you. Yeah. (laughs) Could have been worse.
1: Yeah freaked out he yelled up to his partner and the paramedic to tell them what he saw they also became panic stricken the paramedic the paramedic decided they needed to get the body out of the house as fast as they could and told the first officer to open the back of the ambulance so they could get the body in quickly he agreed and ran to the ambulance but just as his foot left the front porch all the sirens and lights on the vehicles began to go off simultaneously creating a blinding light show and a deafening noise that had the neighbors running to get away from it Thoroughly frightened, the officer hauled open the door of the ambulance and turned to watch the progress of his partner and the paramedic. They had just managed to get the stretcher with the body onto the front porch when synchronously every window in the house imploded inwards with a deafening racket. The officer by the ambulance watched as the porch of the house collapsed. It wasn't like the porch gave way, but like the house just gave up. The whole porch and front of the house slumped forward with the sound of tearing wood creating a slope up to the second floor windows. Dust scattered everywhere and people came back out of their houses to help the officer as he tried to find his partner and the paramedic. Going around the side of the collapsed porch and into the gap between the fallen roof and the still standing walls of the porch he found his partner shaking and babbling. At first he couldn't get much sense out of him. He was repeating he sat up. After a little while of calming down the officer managed You got goosebumps. (laughs) After a little while of calming him down, the officer managed to find out what his partner witnessed. Apparently, as the porch came down, the old man's body clawed its way out of the body bag and started screaming Mm -mm. horribly. Mm -mm. The first officer checked the body bag, and sure enough, it was torn to pieces, and the body was sitting up. Its face, in a rictus scream of terror... Horrified the officer threw a tarp over the body to hide it and (laughs) went "Uh." to help his partner who wouldn't go anywhere near the house again. I don't blame you, dude. Oh my god. The other ambulance in town came to help out and took the officer and paramedic away to a trauma center to assess any injuries while the first officer filled out the paperwork, although what he wrote was anyone's guess. How does one report a house collapsing on its own and a (laughs) dead body tearing its way out of a body bag? The story has since become a local legend around town, and the house stands as it was left that night. No one dares disturb
0: it further. Wow. You, do you think it said stay because he wanted his body to stay in that house? So I have two theories. Okay. I, th- I think it could be that, or... <sighs>
1: Playing devil's advocate here, you know, mm-hmm. taking a little bit of a slightly like demonic side of it because it was written in blood. Like maybe it wanted the officers and the paramedic to stay in the house mm-hmm. so that when it collapsed, they, they were trapped die. in there with yeah. the body. Okay. Although it's terrifying to think that the body like sat up. Yeah. I, w- I would love to know what it was screaming. It said that it, they said that it was screaming like terribly, yeah. and he was like, when they found his body, he was sitting up and he was still wow. uh, like. Fear on his face. Mm -hmm. So that's what kind of leads me a little bit more towards like the yeah the demonic Mm -hmm. side. Again, I tried looking this up, but you know, Oregon has a million ghost stories, so there's literally no way to know. Insane. Yeah.
0: I would never work again if I was a paramedic (laughs) and I saw that. Never again. Be like, huh? Nope. (laughs) Like, sorry. Immediately quitting. (laughs) I will um, bag groceries (laughs) for the rest of my life. holy shit i think that would be really scarring oh i God, i yeah, yeah
1: i and it's not like you can file like workman's comp or anything because it's like no. what do you say a body sat up and yeah. tore its way out of a body bag and screamed at me oh. <laughs> 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 you, your straw just flew out of it the literally
0: cup literally did how did that just happen
1: literally just flew out of the cup <laughs> i wish we were recording right now we're video recording. Obviously, we're voice recording. But
0: I have no idea what just happened there.
1: <laughs> but I, I think that was a good story to end on. Wasn't I it? I think so
0: too. Yeah, better than my chicken, <laughs> chicken ghost. The chicken allies. Chicken allies. <laughs> good lord, that's what I get for picking a Wisconsin tale. Oh,
1: I would love to do more of the after hours ghost stories and. I mean I've got books here that we can read from. Mm-hmm. But I, honestly, think I have a
0: couple at home too.
1: Honestly, it'd be fantastic if people would send us mm-hmm. like their own personal stories. Yes.
0: We would love that. If if any of our listeners have any personal stories, you can send them our way on our email, which is the skeleton garden podcast. At gmail.com. gmail.com. Or message us on Instagram. Yeah, you can you can DM the Instagram mm-hmm. at
1: the Skeleton Garden Podcast.
0: Yeah, so let us know, because we would love to include listener stories as well. So I also, um, sorry, I just like touched you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad it was you and not something else under the table that I can't see, Uh, considering my straw just flew out of my cup for no reason at all. Uh, So I started
1: setting up our Patreon Mm -hmm. so that we could start doing more stories like this and post them as exclusive content on the Patreon. Obviously, we're still a little ways away from that point because mm-hmm. we got to, you know, gain a following. Get a following but, Yeah, we got to gain a following, but...
0: Us and our, like, two listeners. Hi. <laughs> th-
1: there's nine of Hi, you guys.
0: Mom.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's nine of you guys. But...
0: That's exciting. Let's get to ten.
1: <laughs> Maybe eleven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Double it.
0: Yeah.
1: Double the one, not the... That's a nine. I know how to do math, I promise. <laughs> it's actually my best subject. Oh, God. All right. Well, I think what we'll do is um, we'll probably start videoing these yeah. next time. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll make it into like a cocktail show. Yeah. <laughs> while we make some drinks I mean, we, and teleco stories. Already,
0: full disclosure, we've already been drinking. So <laughs> Just one drink, which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Got to loosen up a little bit.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for listening to our spooky stories, and we hope you come dig some more up with us later.
0: We love you guys. Thanks for listening and we will see you next time.
1: See you next time. Bye. Bye.